Does your product resonate across all generations? Is it targeted toward millennials, Generation X, the iPhone generation? Do you know what matters to them? Do you know how to reach them? On today's Straight Shot Podcast, we will discuss generation marketing. Welcome to Straight Shot. Oh, yeah. Marketing is everywhere. It surrounds your life. From what you eat, to what you wear, and where you go. It is a vital part of any and all business. Let's discuss the world of marketing and business as it influences everyday life with the staff of Atlanta Marketing Agency, Reformation Productions, and guests as they give it to us. Get ready. Take aim. Steady. Welcome to Straight Shot. This episode is going to be a little bit different. Today we are talking about generation marketing. So we've taken some time to gather some of our employees from the agency that represent different generations, and I held a little impromptu focus group with them to discuss the differences between the generations. Let's take a look. All right. Um, Becca, I graduated in 2014. Okay. I'm Brayden, I graduated in 2010. <laughs> I'm Christina, and I graduated 2015. I'm Caitlin, and I graduated this year, which is 2019. Jeez. They're all babies. Yes, they're the younger part of the generations yes, in our yes, society. Yes. So that is our impromptu panel. They represent the younger generations, just as you said, in our office. I'm of what they call a zenial. Mm-hmm. which we can define a little bit in a minute. Uh, I'm the generation between X and Y. And yes. Zachary, what would you be? I am generation X in all of its glory. What? In all of its glory. <laughs> all right, I see. It's a competition. I got you. So let's take a break from the session here and look at the different generations and what they are called. Now, you'll find different sources for various dates and additional names for each of the generations. But for today's show, let's just throw some definitions out here. Yeah, because you, you'll find, if you Google these, you'll find different people defining them different ways. Every one of them has nicknames. and. Mm-hmm. But for our purposes yes. today, based on the people you just heard and beyond. Yes. So, because let's, let's start... Let's start a while back just to get... Reaching the back. Yeah, so people know what their grandparents and their yes. grandparents' parents and, you know, were. And like you said, this changes all yeah. the time. So the most recent data and nicknames that we have... <laughs> yeah. Are d- well, they go back beyond where we're going to start. I think we're going to start with the 1900s. Yes. So um, typically speaking, and not, not necessarily for every one of them, but for the, typically speaking, the... The names of these groups are defined by the year that you were born or the mm-hmm. decade that made the most impact in your life. Right. Typically early uh, teens, teenage years, early 20s. Whatever that decade was and when you were born kind of defines who you are. Yeah, the, so, the, the, the generations, usually when you look them up statistically, they'll say these are people born from here and here. But what really matters mm-hmm. is their formative years, which is when yeah. they were in high school. If you notice on the panel, we asked them, when they graduated high school because that really that's what that's what matters. That was your glory days. That was everybody's yeah. glory days was high school or maybe in your early twenties and college, stuff like yeah. that. So the first one that we're gonna do go reaching way back 
is the GI generation. Mm. And those are the folks that are born in the early 1900s and experienced World War One and the Great Depression. Yep. And then uh, coming up from that, we have the silent generation. And those are born after World War One and experienced World War Two. Right. The 50s and then the early 60s. Yeah. And then not to be outdone by the silence were the baby boomers. Yes. <laughs> the baby boomers are born after World War Two and experienced the 60s, the hippie movement, Vietnam, civil rights movement, and the 70s disco era, as well as American muscle cars. Yeah, the the baby boomers, um, you say it started, uh, they were born after World War II. A lot of them were born just after oh, yeah. World War like, II. Because of World War II. <laughs> when all the, the men came back from the war, um, Looking they, for a little cuddling. They met with the people that they had left and Cuddled. babies were made. And nine months <laughs> so later, a boom. <laughs> a boom of babies, if you will. And correct me if I'm wrong, Zachary, but your folks and my folks too probably fell in that generation. Yes. Uh, yes. A lot of the people that are, uh, some of our business owners around our age group right here uh, have parents in the baby booming generation. Well, some, of our, uh, some of the business owners are probably still baby boomers too. That's true. Um, but uh, th- that gets you starting into to, you know, our audience and the people that are business owners. Baby mm. boomers, Generation X, some zennials will right. talk more about that. But yeah, so the one after baby boomers is called Generation X. Now, the th- interesting thing here is we're starting to turn away from wars defining well right. typically wars defining these generations now we're starting to make a movement toward technology and things yes. like that and then the generation x are born in the later part of the 60s or maybe the early to mid 70s and experience the 80s and all of their hairspray aquanet glory yes um they also experience the cold war so the war is still prevalent right. there politics um the coca-cola wars which is like one of the most important wars <laughs> the birth of home video gaming home videos home movies home computing cable tv and they also experience the beginning part of the 90s but really yeah. when you think of the generation next year those are the people that are Wearing their, um, you know, their jean jackets and hairspray. And- yeah, we had a lot of, of movement that happened um, for different reasons. Number one, we had uh, Reagan was our president. Um, and uh, we had a lot of prosperity in the country during that time. Um, so we had a, a resurgence of things and, and commercialism became very popular and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, uh, working out became very popular and taking care of yourself and owning things. And so um, there was a, a big movement in our society away from that of the Great Depression. Yeah. The 80s were kind of the anti-Great Depression, you know. And uh, so we spent a lot, which included video games now i know kids today think that they had the corner of the market it's all your on video games it's all your fault zachary but we started home video games. you started it. the atari no well not me personally go vision i I had one uh i know i had an atari i didn't have coleco vision but i do remember it so we had the atari system and we played with dots kids what you're playing with is is no it's just not the same back in the day when printer paper was attached to each other it was the and little, you had to pull dots little all the way down it. Yeah. Uh, print shop. Does anybody remember print shop? That might have been early nineties too. But yeah. But we had we had um, VCRs were introduced for the first time. Yeah, it seems like video and music became portable, mm-hmm. and I think that was what made yeah the, Walkman really defined, came out. Yeah, really defined that generation and was we, that independence. And we had the Apple II computer, which was the first 
home computer that could not do a whole lot, to be honest with you, compared to today. And it seems like teenagers in the 80s were trying desperately to dress like their grandparents. Or I would say like their parents, like their 80s parent counterparts there, with the every, shoulder pads and all the lace and fashion, all the Fashion-wise, there's suits. always a wink backwards. And we were always scared, since you brought it up, we were always scared to death that at some point in time, somebody because we were bringing back the fifties and the sixties, you know, with different elements to mm-hmm. our our fashion, and we were always very concerned that someday somebody might bring back the seventies fashion. And oh my God, what that would look like! Oh God! And then you know what happened? Welcome to the nineties. Dun dun dun! I'm a nineties kid. Okay, and I think the people that were born in my generation were lost. There was like this little narrow window of time that is very specific. And it has recently been dubbed the Xennials mm-hmm. because we're kind of Generation X. Not Xennials, Z- for those of you that can't visualize, it actually starts with an X. Yes. It's Xennials. So, because we're a cross between a Generation X and a Millennial. And we were uh, feel like we're too old to relate to like the selfie generation, the selfie culture. But we're also a little too young to fit in with the arcade movement or the, right. you know, the, the Reagan era so to speak yeah so, you, you didn't have atari but you did have nintendo oh heck yeah we did <laughs> i rocked me some super mario brothers now typically my generation are born between 1977 and 1983 like i said a very, very narrow window. window of time mm-hmm. but you know our heyday was mostly in the 90s um you know we were a nirvana generation right nirvana pearl jam grunge grunge spice, whereas, spice whereas we had we had you know Bon Jovi and, um, you know, we had a lot of uh, what they now call uh, glam metal or hair metal. That was very big when I was growing up. So Bon Jovi and then Skid Row. And and there was a lot of heavy metal at that time or metal or corporate rock or whatever you want to call it that was was very prevalent um, at that time. Whereas your generation killed that. Now, you can have your cool Walkmans (laughs) and your Aquanet hairspray and your blue eyeliner and your tight roll jeans. You can have that. I will raise you the internet. (laughs) Now, granted, we had dial-up internet and it was like a total pain in the butt and everybody hates that noise. But... Um, we had the internet. The birth of the internet happened in the mm-hmm. early nineties. Uh, thank we you. Had Al Gore. Birth, <laughs> we had the birth. We had the birth of of video games and um, and what else did I say? Video games and you had video games and yeah uh, and uh, home movies and, and, and yeah. cable TV. Yeah. And you had the birth of the internet, which is yes. a little bit. So we had the birth of the internet, fax machines, dial up, and the birth of the portable. You know, cell phone. I think cell phones came out in the late '80s, but yeah. they were not as they weren't as per, uh, what's it, portable and personal. Huge. And they were they were for calling your mom in case of an emergency. Yeah, you didn't have one. To, we didn't text. We didn't um, send pictures back and forth. I remember when the first camera phone came out, blew my mind. But um, we had it because you know, if we were driving, I got my first cell phone really when I was on my way to college, and my mom didn't want me dead in a ditch somewhere, so she gave me this little Nokia thingy. Yeah. You know, just to make sure I could have something to dial nine one one. I remember my first um, cell phone was a uh, Motorola flip phone. For those of you that remember it, um, and it was uh, that was the first one that I had. Now they had the brick ones that my dad had, but the first one I had was little, not compared to what we have today. 
but and it, it had a flip out piece where you could talk on it. I think you I know, had that until embarrassingly like that. recently. But you, we ran out of service all the time. It's not like that anymore. But it used to. You went out of your zone and you mm-hmm. were dead. Yeah. Do you guys uh, listening on the podcast? Do you guys remember minutes? Like you can oh, yeah. only talk like peak hours. Like even if on your home phone. There was like a crossover between when it would be long distance charges, yeah, long distance yeah. or like peak hours, where if it was like for calls were free after nine mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Anyway, it, it ruled your dating life at that point. <laughs> um, but anyways, so I, I my generation is this little tiny, you know, um, microcosm of these two generations smashed together. Where I definitely enjoyed a technology adulthood written adulthood but my technology free childhood which is super cool and which right. makes my generation like better than everybody else's <laughs> but then the generation coming right after that has been nicknamed generation y or as many of you already uh know they're called millennials okay? yes that's their nickname that is their nickname and and that's a i think that you know generation x baby boomers we've heard a lot and millennials millennials you hear a lot right now because the millennials are the ones that are rising up into adulthood yeah, right they, now. Yeah, they, they've entered the workforce. We can't even yeah. say entering the workforce anymore. They have entered the yeah, workforce. Yeah, they're the ones that are coming yeah. up, and a lot of marketing is geared toward them these days. Not all of it, but some is. And they are born in the mid-'80s uh, through the 90s and have experienced a wide acceptance of divorce, actually, in American families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was growing up, divorce was uh, still a dirty word. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it happened, but it was, not, um, it was not prevalent at all. And by the time, you know, these kids, they're divorces everywhere. Yeah, you had the, you know, even like TGIF, the TV lineup on Fridays was nuclear families with moms and dads that were still together. Dad went to work. Mom stayed home. Or maybe mom had a little side business, but really mm-hmm. the f- financial income came from the father. And and I think now the millennials are seeing two incomes. So the, now the moms oh, yeah. have gone to work and um, fathers are working, but they're no longer always in the same household. So yeah. now we're experiencing Yeah, so, so uh, dual family income it has become normal. Mm-hmm. And um, being divorced has become normal. My children... Um, come home from school because I have uh, I have children that are still in high school and they come home and, and they talk about how uh, rare it is for one of their friends to have uh, a home that's not a broken home where their parents yeah, are they come still home ma- and they're like guess whose parents are still married that is now wow rare. and I think the thing that's also interesting about this particular generation and the statistics that we're throwing out right now about you know nuclear families and, and two income homes and stuff like that is it changes marketing and it changes the way you know if women are now going off to work the products and services are geared more toward both sexes you know sure. as opposed to just being we'll talk about that a little later on yeah so we're seeing a big shift in um family dynamics in this particular generation mm-hmm. and then the generate oh the other thing that's most important about millennials the the biggest call the out biggest. for millennials the, then i want i want our listeners at home if you are not a millennial to wrap your head around this they have never, millennials, have never known a world without the internet. Yeah. That's mind-blowing to me. Mm-hmm. But it, it's true. They don't know what, they don't know what Merriam-Webster is. And so, you're welcome. You're welcome because we had to go through dial-up, BBS boards, chat rooms. We didn't have a QWERTY keyboard <laughs> on our phone. Else. We had Encyclopedia Britannica. We had Merriam-Webster Webster dictionaries instead of Urban Dictionaries. 
we had we had to do it the long way. And if our parents, if oh, we didn't books. know something, yeah, we had these things called books. And if, <laughs> if, if we didn't know something, we asked our parents. And if our parents didn't know anything, which always surprised us, like how do they not know? But if our parents didn't know something, they told us to look it up in a book. Nowadays, you know, it's a little different. Now there's not much that our kids can teach us so much stuff. And that brings me to the next generation, the most recent one that's been defined. Not the most recent generation that's out there, but the most recent one that's been defined and probably the youngest generation of consumer people, people that are actually buying products. Because yeah. you've got your 16-year-olds right now that might have their own income. Yeah, they have high school jobs and right. so forth. Right, so, yeah, you sure. know, but there's a, there's a generation coming along underneath that, but they don't count yet. Um, <laughs> they haven't been named yet, so they don't count. Those, the, the most recently named generation is called Generation Z, Gen Z, or maybe you've heard it as the iPhone generation. Also they known are, as the i generation. Yeah, the i, i, i me, me, me. Um, <laughs> no, bo- actually, it came about because of the iPad. Oh, is, work, is that it? iPhone. Oh, I'm sorry. That but- was just an educated guess. <laughs> um, they are born in the late 90s to like 2010, which is actually the year my son was born is 2010. So I'm interested to see what his little generation is mm-hmm. going to be called. Generation ADHD. Anyway, <laughs> are born late 90s to 2010 and have never known a world, not only without internet, but they've never known a world, brace yourselves, podcast listeners. They've never known a world without smartphones and social media. They've never known what it was like to just have a secret no one really knew about. My my daughter is one of these, and um, I remember. One of these. Yes, I remember having. Um, that's when Blackberries came out. Um, she was probably. She was pretty young by the time I got a, a Blackberry, um, but Blackberries and, and PDAs. You remember PDAs by Palm mm-hmm. Palm Pilots, um, but yeah, we started getting into that in my <laughs> in my early yuppie years, um, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, they've had smartphones their whole life, instant access to everything. We had beepers. Do you remember what a beeper was? I had a pager. Yeah, yes, we had pagers too, but beepers were first. <laughs> okay, so my best friend Melissa and I had pagers because we weren't cool enough to have cell phones because you know they weren't they weren't everywhere yet. Sure. And we couldn't decide if um, who should get what color, so I got the teal one and she got the purple one. And we switched the the um, battery pack covers oh, yeah. on the back so oh, that yeah. I had a little bit of purple. She had a little bit of... Oh, and I'll tell you what, it made me so smart because people would just text me 2255-63, like text. But that, that they would put that in. Like you'd call the number and then you would put that number in. Yep. And that meant call me. It was a precursor to texting. Yes, because you had to decipher it. Yes. It's like a secret decoder ring. That's right. Pages we, we all secret did decoder rings. Yep. We had, uh, I went from that and then I got an, uh, an alphanumeric pager, which actually would let See, you you're put. Spoiled. Would it would actually <laughs> let you, well, I was older than you, so I could afford more than you by the time these came out. But they, uh, they would actually let you put in um, uh, actual letters. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was like Twitter. It was just a very small amount that would send over the telephone mm-hmm. uh, that you could send. And of course, you had to have a capable device to receive it. Um, so you had so. to send your spoiled messages to other spoiled to others, people. Yes, yes, yes. Well then, the I generation. Yeah, Google to them is a normal thing. I mean, you just if you don't know something, you look it up on the yep. internet. 
uh, and they're always uh, you know attached. When I was in when I was in grade school, right, third grade, nineteen eighty one, Dot Moody's class, um, they always taught us. You know, you can't do math with a calculator because you won't always have a calculator with you. You know what? I always have a calculator with me now. So he's got a smart there you watch. Go. That's true. Isn't that funny? Yo, when am I ever gonna need this? <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So they. That's the interesting thing is like now you hear you see if you're uh, you're talking about something and the generation Z. They don't know what you're talking about. They have already looked it up on their phone and oh, gotten sure. the answer before they can even ask. And you. they don't. We we asked our parents if we didn't know something. We asked our parents we or are our a grandparents. Product of their if, upbringing. If they don't know something, they look it up on Google. And guess what? Sometimes the internet is wrong. I think I think so, that's a direct quote from Abraham Lincoln. Actually, so sometimes they'll. I'll find my daughter. She'll look up something. And um, something extremely simple, um, or something that takes wisdom to know the answer to, you know, simple or wisdom either one, and she's looking it up, and then she becomes even more confused because, you know, some. Uh. Well, then you've got you've got you've got teenagers walking around with mis- misinformation. Oh yeah, they're dangerous. And the parents, then. the parents are frustrated because we can't take credit for that because they didn't ask us. <laughs> you know, I am a product of the wisdom of my parents. Our teenagers are now the product of Google mm-hmm. or the product of Wikipedia, social, social media, which means the idiocy of other people. <laughs> so anyway, so those are basically the, the the generations as we are defining them for the podcast today. And so, Zachary, how does the focus group that we gathered uh, relate to that, to marketing in specific? Well, today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about generations and how that impacts marketing. Mm-hmm. So our tagline is how marketing impacts everyday life. So we're going to kind of flip that on its ear and talk about how everyday life impacts marketing and several things that we need to know uh, in order to better target our consumer audience. Because you, you have to understand as far as generations concerned, uh, the experiences that each generation has grown up with is going to be different. The lives that we all lead are different. So business as businesses, we have to be able to speak to people from different generations in ways that are specific to them. And of course, that's going to be different. different. Yes. So, yeah. Well, and that brings up a necessity that we always talk about here on the show. It's a, you know, a, a drum. I'm always banging. I'm always yes. banging this drum to not only the podcast people, but also our clients. And that is uh, our clients at the agency, Reformation Productions, pluck, pluck. Anyway, <laughs> the, what I'm always bringing up is the idea that it's important, it's imperative to know your audience. Without a doubt, you have to know your audience. You have to know what speaks to them, what they will recognize, what they know, what they don't know. So we're going to highlight some of the what they know, what they don't know first. I believe so, the teenagers call this a cringy <laughs> moment. So uh, let's join the mm. focus group again to better illustrate what we are talking about and how simple understanding of things like vocabulary, sound, um, modern music differs from generation to generation. 
And mm-hmm. this is a little fun for those of us that aren't as young as the panel people. So feel free to giggle all the way through this. <laughs> let's join it, and you're welcome to uh, to play along. Yes. If if you um, are sitting at home, we're gonna play sound bites, and then we're gonna, they're gonna try to figure out what they are. Mm. And some things are from their generation, which means you can try to figure. You out might learn what, what these they are. Mean. Okay, what I'm going to do, guys, is just for funsies first, we're going to play a little game. I am going to uh, play some audio clips. I'm going to give you a hint. It's the worst sound ever. heard that combination of sounds. Is it like when you try to make a call but you're on the internet and like back before you couldn't be making phone calls and on the internet at the same time? Close, but no. Close. Right it's, like, it's, it's like when you're like initially trying to get on the internet. Yeah, it's okay. like the startup. Anyway, okay. I dial up until 2005. It was Aww. awful. <laughs> it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? Have you guys ever heard that? No. It sounds like a PSA on the TV. Mm-hmm. Do you know why? I mean, Do you know when? It was probably about drugs. So <laughs> I'm getting- Send a fax? No. No idea. It's been a long time, but yes. <laughs> you, know, you don't know, Caitlin? You don't know. I know. I've never had to, so I've you know, never okay, learned. Yeah. Yeah. Do you understand what a fax is? Kind of. What is this? A fire emoji. Yeah, fire right? emoji. What does this mean to you? What does this mean? If you get this in your phone. <laughs> it means it's hot. It means something straight lit. <laughs> it, means, it means like, it means fire, uh-huh. hot, sexy. I will use it to another girl, like saying, oh, you look so good, you look fire. And what is that? saying that things are fire or <laughs> lit. What does that mean? Uh, that it's really cool. All right, so my generation would probably use this to describe maybe like the temperature outside. Or if your apartment's on fire. Oh God. John's gonna be so disappointed. Sounds like you know half of the questions. <laughs> <laughs> don't is, be it, is it Pink Floyd? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. I don't really know the names because I used to listen to older music just because of my parents, but I never knew. Like they would just they would just play it, so I wasn't like looking like this is Pink Floyd and this is the name. Mm-hmm. But I do know that that's Pink Floyd. Yes, Is it 
reminds me of those sad commercials that they have with the dogs. Boom! Yeah. That's what it is. That's right. And I'm on a block. What? What? And I'm on a block. In New York, I'm really rock along. Hiding in my sock. What? Hiding in my sock. Don't know who sings it. I don't know what it's called, but I've heard it so many times. Shrek. <laughs> Obviously. So my first thought was Mystery Men. Really? Because, and that's what the music, because the music video is tied in with Mystery Men, because no one saw it in theaters. My generation, anyone, I'm one of the few that saw it in theaters and loved it. Please tell me what the word rip means to you. Right, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Do you ever use the word rip? If I didn't study for a test, and then I have that test, then that would be rip. I use it, yeah, I use it for like, oh, that sucks. I use it more for like getting ripped, or for, <laughs> no, obviously not about me, but um, what other people? Um, yes, or like to like rip into someone like that, oh, like, so like, like tear them down, yeah. so something like that. All lowercase, but still meaning R.I.P. But I'll still say rip, and I say it like too bad for you. That sucks. And someone said, "Oh, I'm dead." Um, so dead is usually just like, just tired. Well, it could That's mean that, or it can mean, "Oh my God, I'm dying. I am dead. I am literally dying. deceased." Because you're so excited. Literally meaning or, figuratively. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's not literally It's because you're so excited or hyped up about something, or like a celebrity did something amazing, or your friend looks so good, or something. Are you dying of excitement? You're just, you're just dead. Or dying. Yeah. Or something's just really, really, really funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. OMG. So do you say I'm, I'm dead. dead or dead? I'd say I'm. I'm I say I'm both. Dead. I say oh, dead. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. There's another one. There's a for saying that's dead. I mean, like that's lame. There's another oh, one. Oh, yeah. dead. Tommy uses that ah. one a lot. You know, you know what She's dead means to me. Um, in a coffin. Someone's not living. Yeah. What about uh, gag me with a spoon? Tell me what generation, what? What, what decade that is. Oh, wait, oh, say it again. Nice. Gag me with a spoon. It's 80. Yeah, that sounds like something that would be in the movie Heather's. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that. No, no one in my family, no one that I know has ever said that. So what does it mean to be extra? <laughs> <laughs> so when you say someone is extra, it means that they're like over the top, they're flamboyant, trying too hard, yeah. they're flamboyant, um, they, it's just too much. Oh, what there. does it mean to oh. have a time? To have a time? Mm -hmm. If somebody were to say, oh, Becca and I had a time. Like a good time? Yeah. I would think it's something like, like that. Like a good would, memory? Yeah. I would say what does, so what does the phrase, that's banging, mean? That's banging. That's cool. Oh, well. Yeah. Have y'all ever used that's, that's banging? Bangin'. I feel like I have to do that. Bangin that's banging. Bangin has different Banging has a different commentation nowadays. <laughs> Yes, if something's banging, it oh was um, rock and roll. Like it uh, was awesome. It was yeah. good. It was like head fire. Yeah, like it was yeah, exactly. it was better than just good. Like oh, that's a, that's a, you know, your hair looks good today. No, your hair be like your hair looks banging. Bangin'. Like, oh, that's cute. Like I like that. We should bring that back. Yeah. I like that. Bangin'. Oh, can you guys explain to me what no cap means? No cap. 
Oh, sure, yeah. I don't actually know what that means, no. Okay. Well, yeah, I hear no cap. I generally, we would think of just no top, no limit, right. whatever. I would never text someone no cap. Yeah, that's like literally what you text. N-O space C. Yeah, see, I, that I don't understand. So, Kaylin, okay. care to enlighten us? Kaylin, <laughs> what does no cap mean? No cap means I'm not lying. I'm serious. What? So, like, you can be I telling a story something. like, oh my gosh, I just, I saw Stephanie at the store. No yeah. cap. Like, I'm not lying. I saw my in text messages, like, it'll, you'll How say recently? no, and then, like, the, like, emoji cap. Like, yeah. oh, I don't know, a long months, time? Oh, wait, wait, oh. it's an emoji cap? It can be. Sometimes. Does that make perfect sense to you now? No, it just changes, like, the game. <laughs> it changes no, it makes even less sense. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> what does a pad mean? In context, <laughs> if I am referring to my pad... That doesn't help it at all. What is your thing that comes to your mind? Your, your crib. Okay, crib. Which is? Which is your? House. Okay. Or apartment. <laughs> Alright, what does it mean when you say something is rad? Cool. cool. It's cool. It's right. rad. What is it short for? Radical. 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 Which is actually funny because by definition radical means something that is not right. That is uh, not normal. Yeah. It's extreme. This was like... 80s? 80s. Yeah, see, like, that makes sense. I'm bringing rad back, though, so it's almost back all the way. Cut the gas. I think it means slow down. Okay. What generation do you think it's from? What decade? It's got to be old, like 50s. 60s. Old decade? Yeah. yeah, cut the gas means cut to be quiet. quiet. Like, uh, shut your mouth. Oh, wow. Okay. Cut the gas. That's such a Did nice you know way to put it, though. Exhaling. It's like, <laughs> oh. What generation is it? 50s. What does it mean to motor? Oh, go around. And what generation is that? That is 80s. To motor? Yeah. And what does it mean? Like, let's go. Let's motor. I don't have any idea, so. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Motor. See, I know That's what it's from. That's a good guess, so I'm going to go with it that. Is, I know yeah. what it's from yeah. because it I've is. seen Heather's. I got a motor if I want to be ready for that party tonight. Yes, let's order means let's go. And it is an 80s one, for sure. What is the big tickle? The big tickle. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was the big tickle. That's a big tickle. Is it a giant Elmo? A very a good laugh. It was funny. It was super funny. <laughs> what does Gucci mean? Gucci means that it's very good. What does it mean when, when you say to someone, do you dig? Do you understand? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to gel? Oh, to you gel with someone? Yeah. You get along with them? Okay. Yeah, to get along. I've never heard that before. To gel? Mm -hmm. To gel with someone? To gel. It's spelled J E L. -O. Oh, then I have no idea. Does it relate to gel? Does it include illegal substances? Hang out and get stoned. So, what does it mean when you say you are going to park? What does it mean uh, if me and Mark are going to go park? It sounds like you're going to go park the car and go make out or something. Yeah. What do you mean when you say something is swell? Great. It's good. It's it's swell. Swell. Now we use it Fantastic. ironically and sarcastically. Swell. If somebody says that something is swell, then it's not. Oh yeah, so like swell usually not like, oh, it's sweet, good, that's awesome. Like it was just like a generic thumbs up and Pleasant word too. basically. And now when people say, oh, that's swell. Usually it's not. What does it mean when you say low-key? And low-key like her. Have a low-key like your take on When this. I hear low-key, we think of is, it's like, it's, it's like I'm my answer right now. It's very low-key. It's yeah. very mellow. You know, mellow, subtle, 
I would use that as like, like, oh, I'm low-key hungry, but you know, I'm not gonna say anything about it. <laughs> Except you actually are saying it by right, saying it. Right, that's the ironic part is. Yeah, so like it's like, it's you like when I normally you, say it, but you're saying it anyway. Who's Bruce Jenner? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. He was married to the mom of the Kardashians. There you go. Okay. But I don't know anything about him other than that. You don't know who he was before he was I just was know he's rich, that's it. You know I don't that. watch the Kardashians or anything. Well, first of all, this is the one that's not still Bruce anymore, right? Right. It's in Bruce either the attorney or the son of the attorney? No, of the that's Kardashian. Okay, so it's a Kardashian. I don't know Bless who- Bless his heart, he is now forever a Kardashian. I, I actually don't know, like, his background. I mostly know, like, about him via, he was married to Chris. He was an entirely famous person before he even met Chris. I honestly, I can't keep up with anything oh, in that area. Wait, wait, but you can't keep up with the Kardashians? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I did not do that on purpose. And it's I funny, you really couldn't keep up with him because he was a track and field star. He was an Olympic athlete. Oh, okay. He was an Olympic. <laughs> what is the day the music died? Oh, I mean, it's in a marine It didn't have that. Was it like a plane crash? Yep. Who was in the plane? Oh, it was like a music producer. No. Music writer. No. So lots of guessing wow. during that. Now, there's a lot of things in there that you and I knew. But we're asking millennials and Gen Zs. And all I can think is is that we have somehow failed our children if they don't know <laughs> this. Now, I know there were some people on that panel that did know the answers to some of those questions, but only because their, their parents have shared it with them. Yes. They would not normally know it. So kudos to the parents that teach That's their right. kids 80s stuff and 90s stuff. Kudos yeah. to the parent whose kids wear a Nirvana t-shirt. Kudos to those people. But a lot of the, the, the 50 slang, um, they, they really had to, to take a, ga a, a guess at, like cut the gas. If you remember, Christina mm. said, oh, that's cute. It wasn't cute the way that yeah, they no, said insult, it. Actually. They said it like, like the 80s, we said, shut up. That's how they said it. It was not cute. <laughs> yeah. But it really is different, isn't it? I mean, the different generations and how they do things. So what this tells us is that you have to know your audiences so that you can make the right cultural references and uh, callbacks, you know, speak the right lingo and connect to them where they're at. Yes. And in doing so, it, you can make your marketing really stand out as being witty and creative and memorable. It allows us to really make an emotional connection with our audience by saying that we really understand them and that we know where they're, you know, where they're coming from. Yeah, and how to communicate with them. Okay, so not only that, but we as businesses have to adjust our advertising habits as times change. Yes. You know, older businesses may be used to running ads in the yellow pages or in the um, newspaper. Yeah, when I first started out, um, the uh, agency that I worked for, when I first started off in, in marketing, the agency that I worked on for had a subdivision uh, uh, or division within the agency that was strictly yellow page advertising. And it, it was, I mean, it made tons of money because everybody advertised in the yellow pages. Yeah. Nowadays, the yellow pages, well, when, by the time I was in college, well, by the time I owned a home, yellow pages was what you used to prop your door open with. And now they don't even print them anymore. Every, every household had a phone, right? In the 70s, 60s, every household had a phone. Well, then, like in the 80s, people started, teenagers started getting their own lines. Yes. So then you've got a household with possibly two phone lines. 
So just think about how much bigger the yellow pages were then. Well, then, or the, the white pages, I'm sorry, like the residential mm-hmm. phone book. Well, then, nowadays, we have every single person in our family has a phone almost. Mm-hmm. So how crowded would it be to have yeah. uh, like a yellow pages or white pages? I mean, even business lines, there's several business lines sure. nowadays with all that. So let's get back to the group and talk a little bit more about the important aspect of knowing where to advertise, where to market. We asked our focus group panel about their media habits. So let's listen in. To answer once for yourself now and then also for your parents. Where do you get your news now? I get my news, if I'm ever looking at the news, from CNN, the website. So okay. I just have it pulled up on my phone. They like just watch it up. on the television. They watch Twitter. Oh. You go to Twitter? That's yeah. interesting. We'll get trending. Trending Twitter. Um, how did your parents get the news? <laughs> Probably the newspaper. Uh, most of mine comes from uh, various news sources, like on their online uh, okay. stuff. Also, social media. Following, a, I follow a couple like news sources on social media, see what they're putting out. All digital now. Um, yeah, growing up, it was always newspaper and and TV. Channel five. Um, where do you guys do your shopping? Clothes, I usually do in person, unless there's something specific I see online that I want. Literally everything else I use Amazon for. Now, I live right by the mall, and one of my favorite stores of all time is within the mall, but I usually don't go to the mall to go to many different stores. I go to the mall to go to that That's one specific. store. Um, Shopping-wise, I'd say probably mostly Amazon. Um, yeah, because you have cool shirts. So it's, well, these well a lot of these will come from somewhere like Shirt Punch. So, so do you to off. find to find that company? Did you just happen to find it online, or did it come through like Facebook? Like a friend? Uh, I don't remember how I heard about. It. I think I probably saw something about it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, Top skip. Uh, well, recently in the past year, I've been using Amazon, mm-hmm. but I used to actually like go to stores and stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you like go to the mall? Sometimes, like to go to yeah, for like a prom dress or something like yeah. that, I would go to the mall. Yeah, I feel like the mall was like more of a special thing. Um, how do you find out about new products and services? Exclusively like, internet. Exclusively like where? Like internet. on your social media? Social media, usually Twitter. The ads is where to ignore. Or, or <laughs> no, like usually if there's something that's actually an interesting new product, it'll be like recommended like the tweet about it will be recommended either because a friend of mine liked it or because a friend of mine followed this account that tweeted it or something like that. The algorithm is just like, this might be interesting for you. So or like, let's say when Apple comes out with new technology, it's always trending on Twitter that like Apple's doing their little presentation that they do every year. Mm-hmm. So then I'll click around and like find out more about what Apple's doing. What is your number one social media that you hang out on? Facebook. Facebook? But I'm not in my generation though. Yeah, like I don't have a Twitter. Twitter. I've never had a Twitter, so that would definitely not put me in that generation. Mm-hmm. And then I only ever use Instagram just to look at pictures of landscapes, so not people. Yeah, I just have Messenger downloaded on my phone. So Okay. Twitter, I think. Okay, what do you do the most on Twitter? Like scroll, what's it for for you? Scroll through funny tweets, see <laughs> cute pictures of dogs, good pictures of food. Fun pictures of my friends. Okay. Mostly dogs, though, right? Mostly, Mostly dogs. Yeah, yeah as many yeah. dogs. Miss Caitlin? Probably Instagram. Snapchat's more and Snapchat, more but yeah, Snapchat and Instagram are so what is Facebook or Twitter, uh, depending on what for. Uh, so, like, Facebook is far more connecting with. Uh, like people went to school with, um, family members, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, 
and like local film stuff. Because <laughs> Facebook is better than Twitter or anything like that because you have groups, so you can congregate people it. into yeah. that. But then Twitter, I use for more like following certain people that I'm interested in and people like in, in, in like more higher up in the industry. Oh, it's you're like, building awesome. rapport with right. this person you would have never met yeah, exactly. in real life. Facebook for me, I was a MySpacer. No, everybody. Woohoo! <laughs> That's right. I said it. So what about Zach? what about you, Zachary? What are your media habits? Well, uh, when I was growing up, um, everything that we did was the mall. So mall in the '80s, um, which you know some people consider the decade of excess, capitalism was a, a, a big thing, and and we shopping malls were born. If you watched uh, Stranger Things now, you can see it, all life happened in the mall. Stranger Stranger Things three is out right now. So everything happened at the mall. So if we found out about a new product, it's because we saw it shopping in the mall. So new video games were in the mall. Everything was happening uh, in the mall. Now, nowadays, my shopping is done strictly uh, through Amazon, like a lot of them, because I can say, I want to find this. Click, and it shows me where it's at. Yeah, seek and destroy. Um, yeah, <laughs> which is um, really great for me because you know a lot of men don't like to shop. So uh, I just punch in what I want and it tells me all the different options and all the different varieties and that sort of thing. Now, uh, I actually get most of my news from you. So yes, that is true. <laughs> generally speaking, uh, you know, what's going on in society news I get from you, but also from uh, TV and watching shows and mm -hmm. or movies or keeping up to, de to date with um, you know major things that are going on like a tornado scare that we had not too long ago actually for that I, I uh, well the earthquake didn't really phase me but for the the tornado uh, I got a warning on my phone and woke up woke the family up in the middle of the night went down to our, our safe zone yeah. and then I, I literally uh, it was not TV I kept the local news channel uh, open on my phone to watch when it had passed and when the tornado warning was over. So that was actually when the uh, power goes out, on my phone. Your cell phone still works. Uh, yeah. But uh, I also keep up with the marketing industry news and video equipment and those sorts of things uh, that would be relative to running a marketing agency. Uh, I keep up to date on those online as well. I have a lot of people that I follow on uh, social media and uh, YouTube and that sort of thing. And then I, I look at reviews and, and all of that. So, And I think most people have probably moved uh, online because that's been you know a, a basic shift of, of our society. Um, what, about, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm I'm more online now than I have ever been in my life. And as far as news go, goes, now that's tricky because I used to get my news from Facebook before Mark Zuckerberg told me that it was all crap. So <laughs> I realize now I was getting a biased news strand. So now There's so much of that nowadays. Yeah, so now you never know what you're reading. And even if it comes from quote-unquote reputable news sources, you really you never can't know. trust anything unless you've seen it yeah, now. Yeah, problem with it being one outlet, like one news outlet. Because believe it or not, people have opinions and they love to share them. So... <laughs> One of the things that I do is I go to Google News a lot because they compile trending stuff from all over the place. So that way I'm getting stuff from CNN and Fox News, um, as well as some of the uh, entertainment magazines or entertainment sites that sure. I like or marketing trends, things like that. Um, but I will say that you know my generation, I fit very nicely into the Facebook generation because um, I'm still of the belief that if I didn't have Facebook, I wouldn't have family because <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't, 
I communicate a lot through Messenger and what Facebook. About, what about shopping? How do you do shopping? Uh, okay, so I'm one of those nerd burgers that has actually purchased quite a few things from Facebook ads. Oh. Yeah, so like I'll get, I, I go to Amazon like everybody else in the world. Sorry, Walmart. Anyway, but um, I will get an ad on Facebook for something that looks interesting. Beautiful ad, really um, well done. And uh, of course the biometrics are right, the demographic is right, hits me right there. So I'll click on it and I've actually purchased a couple things through that and well, uh, for the most part I've been very pleased with what I've gotten because it really did fit who I was. Now you also, and this is something that's relatively new, um, you also do your grocery shopping I online. Do. I do is luxurious. <laughs> I'm not going to plug any one particular outlet, but I will say that if you can order your groceries online, even if you don't have them delivered, even if you just go and pick them up, it is a luxury that our grandparents will never know. <laughs> it is the most amazing thing. I think everybody should do that. Anyway. Now, I worked on, uh, as far as, as online groceries, I worked in, in during my career, I had a, a client in the... Um, I guess it was the early 2000s. Uh, I had very early. Um, I had a client that was Webvan. And Webvan was you could go online and order your groceries and they would deliver them to you. Very much like Amazon. Amazon has this type of product now. Webvan was one of the first people that had the whole groceries and they actually uh, failed. Um, but uh, Timing is you do, you know, here we are. 15 years later. Yeah. Um, Almost every major grocery store yeah. will do it. Um, Walmart. So knowing people's media habits are important because they shift depending on who you're trying to reach uh, and how where they're going to be, where their eyeballs are. Oh, yeah. My parents, for example, they don't internet very well. <laughs> they don't do the interwebs? They don't do the interwebs very well. They still utilize television, radio, and like I was saying earlier, even the newspaper. My dad still goes and gets the newspaper every day. Sure. So we, we need to make sure that we're using the right media type. So uh, we need to know our audience where, the, where they are, right? And what are they used to? What are they comfortable with? Mm -hmm. Now, um, because of this, advertising offerings have changed with society's habits from generation to generation. Um, like I said, when when I was growing up, we always went to the shopping mall, and now um, people are always going to to now online. We're so avoiding the shopping media mall. media habits change. Now, when, when uh, I started in in advertising, uh, radio spots and TV spots were sixty to ninety seconds long. Now they're fifteen seconds and thirty seconds long. Now, partially that's because those media needing to have uh, more inventory to sell, but also because people's attention spans have changed. Absolutely. Instant gratification is becoming more and more common. If you don't believe us, try having a conversation with your 15-year-old. <laughs> well, we don't have um, cassette tapes anymore because you had to wait through you know, certain songs to get to your, your favorite, say your favorite song was number three or whatever, you had to wait through that. Mm -hmm. So then we moved to CDs. Well, then you could go, I want to play track number three, right? And you'd hit immediately what the song was. And then it became a drag to have to always change out the CD. So now we're no longer waiting on uh, your the, the radio or the yeah. CD player to play your, your favorite song because now they're streaming. Yeah. And so you don't even have to change the disc. You just tell, hey, Siri, play Bon Jovi. Mm -hmm. You know, habits 
are changing and yeah. we as business owners have to be aware of how they're changing <laughs> but yeah the, and the, the way people interact with advertising is also different now because before you could make claims as an advertiser and people just believed you because True. it was on TV or in the paper. Trust me, I'm a doctor. <laughs> you know, uh, cigarette ads, oh, we're healthier than the other cigarette. And we go, oh, okay, like we believe you because you were on TV or you're in the newspaper, you're on media. Now we have access to the internet where we research things to see if they are true. So right. we can so, call people on their BS really yep. easily. So if you make a, a claim in, in your ad, uh, or even if we're talking about PR, if you say something at a conference, mm -hmm. we will truth check you. Yeah, fact check. And we do That's it all via the, the internet like it's 100% reliable, you know, because yeah. it's not. But yeah, definitely. So, well, let's take a break right now. And when we come back, we'll talk more about generation marketing, marketing, right. marketing, marketing. <laughs> Introducing Napa Auto Care Centers. Napa, a trusted leader in the automobile industry, has joined together with the top auto repair centers in Atlanta to bring you Napa Auto Care Atlanta. Top local certified mechanics backed by the national power of Napa. Call 1-844-NAPA-ATL or visit NapaAutoCareAtlanta.com to find the location nearest you. Napa Auto Care Centers, the parts you trust, are now the shops you rely on. Straight Shot is brought to you by Reformation Productions, a full-service marketing agency in Atlanta, Georgia, helping companies promote and communicate their business in the most efficient and effective ways possible through straight-line marketing. Find out more by visiting reformationpro.com or call 678-825-8086. Reformation Productions. Think in straight lines. Zachary, so uh, welcome back, podcasters, first and foremost. How are you? How are things? Okay, so Zachary, <laughs> talk to me a little bit more about marketing to a specific generation. Okay, so uh, you will notice that um, companies do things in a very specific way depending on who their target is. For example, uh, kids marketing. If you are marketing towards children, there's two things that you have to, to recognize to begin with. One is children don't have money. So nope. you are not uh, going to be interested in marketing to them using dollars because they don't care because it's not their money. But what they do have, which is number two, a giant mouth. is a mouth. <laughs> so they, I took a guess on that and I was They right. go to their parents and they will whine and they will complain and please buy me this, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's something you know upfront about children's marketing. <laughs> if you ever notice at grocery stores, all of the candy is low enough for the children to see it. Sugary cereals. Absolutely. And it's right there at the end. So the kid can go, Mama, Mama, you've seen it, you know, tugging on the coattail. So if um, you do it right, kids are your own best sales force. Yeah. Now, other than that, uh, ways to actually reach children. Um, it's probably most notable um, for you to see this if you just watch kids' programming, right? So watch a kid's TV show, uh, and then, of course, all the ads during those shows are targeted towards them. But one of the things that you'll notice is that you'll notice the voices are higher. They're all very high-pitched. Uh, because it's something that they can relate to because their voices haven't dropped yet. So there's a lot of really high-pitched uh, voices, which is one of the reasons that I don't like being in the room when, when, when children's entertainment is on. The other is that the words are sillier because the children's vocabulary is silly. The colors are brighter and the, the sounds and the, the music is a lot more playful because they're innocent. 
right? So uh, it's we haven't got to the whole dark, you know, dark angsty yeah. part of, of life yet. So pitched and intent, like they're fast. So Everything you is can fast. really see how you know the creative is being shaped towards their audience. Another example. Uh, teen marketing, uh, reaching teens is has to be relative to their lifestyle and what teens are going through during uh, during these years. Now, for teens, rebellion is a positive thing. You rebel against your parents. Parents just don't understand. They just don't. And colors get moodier and darker because teen angst is a real thing. That's where rock and roll <laughs> comes from. Is uh, teens that are trying to rebel against their parents. So riskier, edgier. Um, you know, that, that sort of thing really starts to come into play with them. Now, for adult marketing, adult marketing is a little bit different because there are several adults. So child window, teen window, adult window, right? So it's a little different because also, like you had mentioned before, adults are the ones with money. Okay, so that's in theory. That's yeah. <laughs> so that's where you're going to want to uh, to target again, depending on what you're doing. So uh, it can be broken down according to lifestyle, occupation, uh, generation, what they're used to. Hobbies. There's lots of different ways to uh, to target them, but you have to know who they are because they're not as general of a market as kids. In teens now, marketing to kids and teens, it's better the more detailed you get. But with adults, it's mandatory because they are so vast and so different. The other thing that I want to say in this point is B two B, so business marketing. Um, that depends again on the demographics of the contact of the business. So not just the business itself, though that's important, but the the decision maker of your contact at that business. So if you're selling paper, the person that you want to talk to is the person that buys paper, who could be completely different than the CEO. So if you're trying to sell something to Apple, you would think, oh, it needs to be cool, it needs to be innovative, it needs to blah, blah, blah. Not if you're selling them pencils. So you really have to know, uh, even in B2B, who is your your target, specifically, who as specific as you can get, who is uh, who is your target? So there is one more really important takeaway that I wanted to share from the panel discussion. Okay. So let's let's roll the clip. Roll the clip. Roll the clip. The difference though is that what based on the majority of the stuff I see advertised to me, it's not actually stuff that I need. So identify. If it's like some new piece of stuff, something that interests me, video stuff interests me, video games interest me, movies interest me, stuff like that. Sure, advertised to me all day long, whatever you want. The internet as a whole has kind of made the world a little bit smaller where you're starting to see a lot of different demographics who like like certain things, don't like certain things, and it's becoming a lot trickier to kind of generalize these yeah, groups because them. even within the same generation or close to the same generation, you're getting a lot of separate mm -hmm. people who, who like and dislike different things. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's yeah. hard to kind of use that broad brush that yeah. necessarily you could in the in the past. Okay, what Braden just illustrated is very, very true. And I kind of like the way he said it, where he talked about how um, you used to be able to paint with a broad brush. And um, as closer knit as people have gotten through modern technology, that's even more difficult 
to do. So even with modern technology like social media, social media is the newest, current, best way to reach people in 2019, we need to remember that content, regardless of media, has to be targeted. Knowing your audience and knowing how to speak to them about what matters to them, what will influence them, and how we can really make a difference in their purchasing decisions, that's, that's paramount to, uh, to success. So it really is important to know your consumer audience. There is no blanket answer to that. No, and, and, and it, again, it cannot be overstated. You need to do your homework. You need to develop targeted consumer profiles to communicate your business in the most efficient and the most effective ways that you can. I know here at the agency we say that all the time. Efficiency and effectiveness. Those are the keys to successful, uh, to running a successful business. And you have to know um, based on who your target is, what's going to work. And then you plan out your strategic marketing plan according to that, that knowledge, that insight. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, without it, you're you know, throwing it against the wall and see if it sticks. So that really is the straight shot, though, isn't it? Really, that, that is the biggest takeaway from, uh, from today's episode. And honestly, it's a takeaway from a lot of episodes that we do. Know your audience. Do the homework. There's, I mean, there's no sidestepping that if you want to be the best that your company uh, can be in communicating with the outside world. Now, I will tell you this. There are ways to target based on generation that are a little less specific and more general using um, generation-specific elements as opposed to individual-specific elements. Um, let me let me kind of give you an example. Okay. Um, we went to a tavern while on vacation that was called Gen X Tavern. Yes. And this was in Tampa, I believe? Yes. It's in Tampa, Florida. Uh, and everything about it was designed to appeal to Generation X and Xennials. The misfit generation. Yes. <laughs> they had uh, early video games, movie posters, memorabilia, uh, specialized food, drink offerings, everything that would connect mm-hmm. with their patrons, which was Generation X in Xennials. Yes. Um, so it was a really great idea. They, they took the idea of, okay, these are the people that we want as our, as our customer. They knew who they were, probably because they were them. Right? Probably. And then they said, this is what I remember in my childhood. And this is connected. And people think this is connected. And you literally had people walking around inside the restaurant looking at everything that they did to attract the, those exact people that were walking around yeah, looking it's at kind it. of like a Planet Hollywood, just for our couple generations. It was, there. it was, and people—it's—it's it's what we call a destination restaurant. It's something that people go to on purpose. You don't just go there when you're hungry, right? It's—it's it's more of a a premium thing. You go there on purpose because you want to be in that environment. And you want to see what they yeah, have. Like super cool uh, idea. I love destination restaurants. I think they're they're awesome. Um, now you also need to know how to target to the current generation now this can be an episode all by itself it involves knowing your target surprise today what i want to do is show you a few examples of how generation marketing has been done in different generations before so kind of a fit today where we're talking about things that we have learned from the past how people have changed from the past and how marketing has changed from the past so what i want to do is uh, i'm going to play a couple from um, 1940 to begin with. Actually, I'm going to play 
two from the 40s. Ooh, okay. um, and then we will can kind of talk about how it fits in with the generation of the time. And then you can take those same theories to apply to today. So here's the first one about the 40s. So you have to remember in the 40s, we were coming out of the Great Depression. Uh, in the United States, uh, survivors of the Great Depression were now parental aged. So they were parents. And this commercial is for a toy for the children of the survivors of the Great Depression. Gotcha. So to get that in, in your head, so we're thinking inexpensive because these people just struggled. They're not going to run out and spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So something to think about, something to look for in here. So let's see what it says here. Hey, it's Hasbro. Hasbro makes toys. What's new, Hasbro? Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head with their own cars and trailers. That's what's new. See, Mr. Potato Head has a car and boat trailer. And there's a car and shopping trailer for his wife, Mrs. Potato Head. It's such fun to do and so easy. Like this. Take any fruit or vegetable. Just stick in eyes, then ears, and then the mouth. You can make the funniest looking people in the whole world. Potato Head people look different every time you make them. Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head with cars and trailers come in one and two dollar sizes. What else is new, Hasbro? A vanity case with toy cosmetics and beautiful accessories and real-looking doctor and nurse kits. Hasbro makes great toys. It's fun to play with Hasbro. All right, so <laughs> most of you people that are listening to this may not have known that Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head did not start off as the plastic toy that was I featured. Did not know that that was featured in Toy Story. No. Well, I, mean, I knew that. Uh, well, you knew it was before Toy <laughs> I Story. Thought, I didn't realize it, they were made out of real potatoes. Yeah, they used to be real potatoes, and that's because it was less expensive oh. to sell the parts than mm -hmm. to sell the whole toy. So uh, it was a way for people to spend some money on their children, and they could make their own. Dolls. Now, something else to notice in here that if you kind of harken back to what I said before, the uh, the voiceover that you heard, mm -hmm. all high pitched kid voices because it related to children. Yeah. So something to notice about I missed out potato head. And Mrs. Potato Head. Potato Head. Yes, sir. All right. So let's do one more from the 40s. And there's something that I want you to realize before we even start this. In 1940. 19 shoot for quite some, some time everyone in the united states above a certain age smoked cigarettes and those that couldn't smoked candy cigarettes that's right uh there was no concern about health risk a matter of fact smoking was seen as a way to relax and cigarettes were the prescription for less stress so in this ad that you will see that they use a doctor connection, hence the idea of prescription for less stress. They use a doctor whom people trusted to showcase this idea that cigarettes are almost like, like medicine to help you relax and they're healthy. Let's go through and, uh, and take a, a look at this one. You know, if you were to follow a busy doctor as he makes his daily round of calls, you'd find yourself having a mighty busy time keeping up with him. Time out for many men of medicine usually means just long enough to enjoy a cigarette. 
And because they know what a pleasure it is to smoke a mild, good-tasting cigarette, they're particular about the brand they choose. In a repeated national survey, doctors in all branches of medicine, doctors in all parts of the country were asked, what cigarette do you smoke, doctor? Once again, the brand named most was Camel. Yes, according to this repeated nationwide survey, more doctors smoke Camels than any other cigarette. Why not change to Camels for the next 30 days? and see what a difference it makes in your smoking enjoyment. See how camels agree with your throat. See how mild and good tasting a cigarette can be. All right, so the things to pull away from this one is that it is a very, very specific to society at that time. You couldn't play this in today's society for several reasons. Number one, um, cigarettes have been outlawed a lot of places. Mm -hmm. um, they're also um, have campaigns against them now. And we know that they do have health risks and doctors are not going to risk their job <laughs> saying that, uh, you know, showcasing that they smoke. Now, a lot of doctors do still smoke sure. because of the stress. Um, but uh, there's that. And then there's also the fact that it is now illegal for tobacco companies to advertise on television. Now, what I'm going to do at this moment. Are we leaving the 40s? Is I am going to jump ahead 30 years. What? <laughs> it's still forever ago. It's back to the future. In the past. It's still the past. It's just like the teaser ad. Is oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> All right. So. Here are some ads from the 70s. Now, we're not going to talk about it first, so let's, uh, let's take a look and we'll go from there. What about Pam? You can tell your mother, Harold. What, Mom? Her job. Is it working out? Great, Mother. Just great. But can she still take care of you? Just fine, Mom, really. Forgive me for asking, Harold, but her job, this apartment, so much to take care of. Maybe a maid would help out. She can handle it. Mom, Pam's a genius. I could come over, help with the laundry, no trouble. Is that a new shirt? No, Pam washed it. She used this. Salvo. It sure seems to do a good job. Oh, and tablets. Looks easy. Pam says it makes life a little bit simpler. Salvo. Uh, relax, Mom. No one takes better care of her husband. Oh, hey, you two talking about me. <laughs> Simple, sure Salvo tablets. Real help for the busy working woman. Okay, so a couple of things to pull away from this one. First, I'm going to talk about, did you notice how long the last three commercials were? Mm -hmm. A lot longer than they we were used to a see. lot longer than we have now because people's attention span was longer and there were few fewer products that were advertising. So these were a whopping 60 seconds long. Um, so uh, something to, to note again from yes. what we talked about earlier. The next thing is something was going on in the 70s um, that had started after World War II where women were joining the workforce. Now, it, by the, it takes a long time for a societal shift to happen most of the time. And um, in the 70s, women were going to work and not staying home a lot more often than they were before. So yeah. what this does, this ad showcases the difference between two different generations. That's how it ties in today. Two different generations. So one was the mom, 
the mom expects people to, expects the wife to stay at home with her son because that's the way that she Take grew up. That's what she connects with. That's what she is used to. Oh, the modern woman, which is the wife, has joined the workforce, and you can see her side of it as well, and the husband kind of making both sides happy uh, from the middle. So what they did is, is this company saw an opportunity to really speak to what was going on with women in the in society because this product was laundry detergent, which was still part of a woman's duty oh, in the what? home at the oh. time. Oh, okay. And, at the time, and okay. Yes, and so you can really see how uh, they were targeting in on her and what her Ooh. what was going on in her life, including dealing with mother-in-laws. So <laughs> before we go on... And so we, yes, Pam needs a little bit of help. Before we go on and we talk uh, more about how this would fit in to today, which is completely different... Uh, than it was then. Let's look at one more that kind of handles it a little bit differently. So this is another one from the 70s. Uh, this one is not as obvious as the Salvo spot that we just saw, right. but you can definitely tell the things that are, are going on when you watch it. Very similar, same generation, same time period. So yeah, different attitude, but uh, let's watch it. I'm June Lockhart, and I've served a lot of fried chicken to my family. But fried chicken can be a little greasy. That's why I'm so happy with shake and bake. You shake and bake. No frying. So your chicken comes out crispy, but not greasy like fried chicken. Mmm, you can really taste the difference. Crispy, but not greasy like fried chicken. Shake and bake. It's better than frying. Right. Bless June Lockhart. <laughs> okay. So, again, the, the things that you can see is we have a, a woman who is making dinner, right? So we're still doing domestic stuff because this is still the 70s. And she appears to be dressed as if she's just come home from work. All right? So this product is a way to make dinner quicker since she's coming home from work, so you can kind of see how that's starting to uh, to work its way into uh, the products. This is actually a product that was made, or the one of the differences that they, they call out uh, to make it easier on working women. Yeah. So it's still being healthy. Again, right? Yeah. So um, that's again, you can see it tying into their target um, of the day, the woman of the day. Now, today, this sort of ad would not work. Either it would be called out as being um, chauvinist, I think is the word. Yes, yes. chauvinist. So, um, because not, not so much this one, but the Salvo ad really is our, just a shining example. Our society is different now than it was then, and that's my point. My point is that you can see how the marketing has to follow along with an ever-changing society, and that's what you really need uh, to look for. So this one, just like the doctor one, would not fly as much today because of it's a, it because it's a, it's a different time period right yeah and you know even like speaking of salvo being a detergent based detergent uh, product mm -hmm. i think they're doing it nowadays too with tide and 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 all and some of the other detergents that are out in the market right now i'm seeing commercials where there are like fathers and daughters and oh, you sure. don't know what the family dynamic is anymore i don't know if that plays into the the divorce rate or 
It does. You know, it just stay-at-home dads. Our society has changed. It used to be that in, in both of these generations that we just looked at, we still had um, families that were nuclear families. So mom, dad, children, mm-hmm. right? And then... And mother-in-laws. <laughs> yes. And then we still had... Um, women that followed uh, a very domestic role whatever they did in in the the workplace now um one of the differences if you look now is that now we have single parents we have um you know children that role reverse that do things yeah we have all kinds and you can see that in the advertising now so you can see that um you know you'll have um uh, a a single mom that is doing something in the kitchen or you'll have a dad because now you have a a, a stay-at-home dad maybe that is doing so you you can if you look if you look into the commercials of nowadays you should be able to see a reflection of our society yeah and the the, like the ads that we just saw you do get a direct commentary on the state of the family whether it's you know in the salvo one it was extremely direct Mm -hmm. and even in the shake and bake one she mentions how she's cooking for her family and all this stuff and in some of the more recent ads that we see on tv today Sometimes the family's not even really mentioned. The dynamic is never really outlined for the viewer because it's been it's such a sticky area these yeah, days. Yeah, it's it's, it's so, it can be a very touchy subject with the politics of the day. Yeah, and so um, they may show it and want to be part of it without being quite as obvious. The first one that we saw, the Salvo ad, was pretty pretty obvious and pretty pointed, which tells you how accepted that was at the time. All right, so let's look at another one that's not quite as domestic. Different audience base. Different audience, not quite as domestic, but still extremely 70s. So if you know (laughs) 70s, you know disco. So, yeah. So this ad that we're about to see is for a company called Serta. And it is targeted... Yeah, it's the mattresses. And it's targeted towards young adults. And you can see, we'll save commentary to the end, but you'll see if you can figure out how this is targeted to the young adults of the 1970s. So let's watch. Let's do it. Serta's perfect sleeper mattress is something great to sleep on. It gives you firmness and comfort. It's the perfect combination. You'll love it. Now, instead of cotton sheets, you can count on a good sleep. Be a perfect sleeper. Buy a perfect sleeper, perfect sleeper. Buy a Serta. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about... You can feel my lapels getting wider as we speak. Let's talk about how this was targeted towards young adults in the 70s. So, first off, you notice is the, the music, the music, disco music. Disco. Okay? Mm-hmm. Then you have the fact that it was a, a 20-something young adult uh, woman 
yeah. that was dancing because yeah. dancing was, was was a big craze at the Spinning, time. Really, you had yes, Lots of you twirling. had you had uh, discotheques where 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 people went. There were clubs that played this uh, this type of music. Um, she was wearing a, a nightclub outfit to represent what uh, the target enjoyed. Try to connect with their their lifestyle. Kind of looked like a onesie. Yeah, it did. It did with the big old flares at the bottom. <laughs> so uh, again, something that is very connective to the audience of the generation. Yes. Now, the other thing that you'll notice is she is dressed quite sexy. I did not notice that. Really, thank is, you for pointing that out to me. She is not dressed <laughs> conservative because uh, the young adults dress more risky than the squares. That's Studio the, that's 54 50, That's 50s reference. Than the, the con- more conservative adult generations would have been. Now, um, this is what they wore to clubs. This is what they wanted to show because they were trying to sell mattresses. And you think to yourself, what do mattresses have to do with disco and dancing and et cetera? Mm. Well, here's the thing. If only I could figure out the connection. Young people are the target for mattresses because... You're in the market for a mattress when you move out of your parents' house. Right. So that's when you buy a bed. That's when you, et cetera. So that's the target. These yuppie people that are joining the workforce, that are filling up the disco clubs, they're the ones that they're trying to sell mattresses to. Now, the other tie-in for this is because during the 70s disco area, Studio 54, um, there was some promiscuity going on in the clubs. Now, uh, if you look back at our history, you see the hippie movement and the free love movement. That became boring by the 70s, and they went on to more, let's say, adventurous activities where they would do these things in the club and so that tied in <laughs> beds with the disco i just thought it was because yeah. she wore a onesie um, that makes me think of sleepy no oh there you go she was wearing pajamas there you go that, yeah just assume because <laughs> she wasn't wearing a bra all right so uh those are some examples there of um of how marketing was targeted specifically towards a generation now uh, a little bit of history in today's study of uh, generations and how they impact the marketing industry and how they impact the tasks of a business in communicating stuff. Now, what I want to do is I want to take a quick jump to current day. Okay, got it. So, uh, Wait, that's like 50. 1. 1.21 gigawatts. Move forward. Okay, so <laughs> we're going to, to flash forward kind of. That's like 40 years. Yeah. So, oh, wait, no way. No. Way. Oh my gosh, it's very close. It, <laughs> so, here's the here's the <sighs> thing. Right now, there is favorability for what's called retro. You know, retro? Retro. Gosh. So, uh, as you can see in, in the panelists that we showed, um, some of them got very excited when talking about the 80s. And that's because retro is now a thing. And honestly, as far as it goes, really is, is 80s. I don't see it. It Most retro doesn't dive back further than no, I that I think you can right see now. some 90s retro and definitely yeah, no, some 80s. No, further back. Yeah. It doesn't go. You yeah, don't see right, 70s and 60s and that sort of thing. Um, but this it ad. It should bring back the leisure suit. No. 
This ad capitalizes on that. It uses the Stranger Things actor that plays Steve. Yes. So right now, Stranger Things 3 is out. And Steve, Steve's the one with the hair. Steve is right? the one with the hair. Steve hair, the hair Harrington. Yes, and it shows him Scoops Ahoy. running through the ending scenes of the movie Ferris Bueller. Oh my gosh! All right, this is totally hitting so, my generation. I'm going. Well, I'm going to show you a, a comparison so that you can see because that's what really makes this cool. The comparison of the new ad that's running now and the Ferris Bueller movie that it was um, patterned oh, after. So let's so good. dive in. thing that I have to say to you, Domino's, is well played. Very, very, very well done. This commercial relates to me as a Gen Xer. It relates to Gen as a Zennial and to new generations by being retro. I like so, to consider myself a Genial, but that's it's okay. it's extremely, extremely well done and you can if the, the the premise of the ad that they're 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 talking about uh the the tracker they're selling that they're, they're selling the quickness of service they're selling and they're doing it all through comparison with the hit movie from what was that 88 um no it was earlier than that was it ferris bueller i don't have my phone bueller bueller yeah. bueller and then, and then at the end where we had the uh the song Awesome. Yes, because that actually didn't play until the end of the movie. Right. But they had to somehow make it part of the clip because people could identify with it. Mm-hmm. So they had the Domino's guy yep. do it for now, no reason, and it's perfect. That song was in <laughs> so many different movies. It's fantastic. Uh, what, but a, anyway. what a fantastic way to wrap up the episode today. Yep. And if your kids have not seen Ferris Bueller, first of all, shame on you. Uh, second of all, that's what you need to be watching at dinner tonight because it is just a fantastic. Movie. And hey, order Domino's. Uh, plug plug. I don't know. I like pizza. Oh, I'm sorry, but, I do. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I like Chicago pizza. So you can't get good pizza in Georgia. 
Anyway, so I hope we were able to provide a little insight into things today. Mm. If you get anything out of our efforts here at Straight Shot, please subscribe to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. All of the are all places of the on the interwebs. Go ahead and subscribe to all of them. Doesn't bother me at all. You can follow <laughs> us on Instagram and Facebook to stay connected. And if you are on YouTube, make sure you click the little bell so that you can get notifications. Or you can just text us from your cell phone. Text Reformation to the numbers 90210 to receive notices every time we post new content on your cell phone. That 90210. 90210. That's another generational na, 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 reference. Na, 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 na. <laughs> You know, know you did it in your head. You know you did it in your head. <laughs> na, 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 na. See, yeah, everybody at home is like, tsh, tsh. <laughs> Anyway, whatever the choice is for your generation, reach out to us if you have questions, if you have comments. So I guess until next time, we'll see you later and enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast informative, we hope you'll pass along our web address, straightshot.net, to your friends, colleagues, and business associates. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes or on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash straightshot. If you would like to have your question featured on the show or would like to be a guest, call 678-825-8086, extension 300. Or you can email us at info at straightshot.net. Be sure to download the Straight Shot Podcast app on your smartphone to hear previous and new shows. You can also find us on Spotify, iTunes, or directly at straightshot.net. This has been Straight Shot.